I love you, Dan. I do. Yeah, I love you too, Eric. <laughs> everyone welcome to episode 22 of the disaster dads thanks for joining us again uh glad to have you on this wonderful adventure that we call disaster dad podcasting uh this is your host eric and i'm happy to be joined by joe frank dan and rob um if you don't know where to track us down you can track us down at disasterdads.com check us out on the twitters at disaster dads and on facebook uh find us at disaster dads um, we put information up there, and we look forward to having conversations with all of our uh, wonderful listeners. And I'm excited to say, and I haven't told the dads this yet, uh, we topped over 2,000 subscribers uh, last month, so very excited about that. Um, so thank you all for all of our new listeners. We're excited to have you join us. Uh, and for our very dedicated listener, um, uh, our, our business manager, Dan, is going to be reaching out to you. I'm not sure when or if that has happened, but he will be making contact at some point. Right, Dan? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's excited Dan, to talk to you. He's excited to do that. He glad, he's glad he volunteered for that one a while ago. Uh, but so, no, we appreciate all of your messages and all the other messages we get from all of our listeners. So, again, uh, thank you very much. This week, the dads are going to be heading down the road of hurricanes um, as you may know, should know, if you're interested in weather and or disasters. Yes, yeah, yes, sir. Dan? Um, do hurricanes use roads? Hurricanes do use roads. Okay. Everything Where uses we're going, we don't need roads. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, hurricanes use all the roads, uh, you know, but you have to be careful on them. You could be the, uh, the scientist from Jurassic Park trying to drive through. Was that a tropical storm or a hurricane that he tried to drive through? Hurricane. Hurricane C? Pretty sure yeah. it was a hurricane that hit. You mean did, the one or, that Newman Newman drove through? Yeah, the one that Newman drove through. Right. And uh, or or was that a no? Wh- where was Jurassic Park? Was that was that West Coast or East Coast? Uh, could have been could have been a cyclone. Could have been a cyclone. Actually, I don't even, a, I don't yeah, remember where the island cyclone. was. Has the island been in the same place for all of those? Yes. Yes. They don't move oh. the island. Well, that would I don't be expensive. know how consistent the movie is. Do you know how? Do you know Freaking how much Jurassic it takes Parks. to? All right, go get a quote from a mover on what it takes to move Velociraptors. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up later. Joe, Joe, can notes. you fact check that? Where was where was the island? Was it Pacific or Atlantic? It was in the. Uh, it was in. Well, it was filmed in. It's an island of Costa Rica, if I remember. Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. Oh my right? God! Well done. I don't even think any Google was used for any of that. No, I don't know if we should be sad or surprised or happy by that. Wait, what was the name of it, Dan? Isla Nublar, right? Nublar? Nublar? No, I thought the first one was Isla Mirada. Isn't Nublar the name of uh, the the book? I I just Googled it. I'm right. (laughs) Fuck all (laughs) of you. There's an explicit tag for the episode. (laughs) All right. Fuck you all and Wayne Knight. That's all I have to say. Two minutes in, and we earned that checkbox when we post this one. All right. Very excited. The mother was a hamster. <laughs> Father's. That's, that's what Google's for. But so anyways, yes, hurricanes do take roads. Uh, and this year we have to be on the lookout because they say that this is going to be 
uh, a little more intense than usual. Um, I'm, I know there's different estimates out there or whatever, but because it's just easier for me, I always go to the stuff at um, weather.com just because it's weather.com and that sounds like it should be official. Uh, but they have about, they're expecting to have like around 14 or so storms this year, which I guess is above normal. I don't really count that often. Uh, but they say uh, about six or seven of them will be named and then um, like two to three should be um uh, major hurricanes, which is a category three or higher. So, um, that's, th- that's, that's pretty strong. Um, so, you know, it should be a lot of rain no matter what. So, so anyways, that having happened and talking about the hurricane season, which starts June 1st and goes through November, is it, it goes, is it, goes it November long. 1st or November 30th? Might, might cool. be the 30th. So it goes, it I mean, because I knew it goes through November, but I couldn't remember like the. It's, long. it's like a baseball season. It's long. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, about no, as productive actually, as a baseball not, season, too. Yeah, pretty much. November 30th. No, based, uh, Thank you. November 30th. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we're doing a hurricane episode and had to look that up is. Well, uh, hey. Hashtag show prep. Hashtag downer Joe. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're our fact checker. You should have had all this information there. <laughs> Um, oh shit! <laughs> so, and we were having this. Says little... who? <laughs> Says everyone. <laughs> I mean, this is this is your job. Well, I mean, all, all of them. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> God, you and your alternative hurricane seasons. <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, where was I? Oh, so they already put the names out. We were talking about this before we started taping, trying to figure out how the naming system works. Uh, Disaster Dan found out that, and that name just really sticks. So we should see if that handle's available. Um, that um, that'll be for our spinoff podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. Um, the after show. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the stuff disaster that I, Dad, disaster dads after dark that's the uh <laughs> that's the 14 gigabytes of data i have in the extras files yeah. that's like when they try to these episodes um i'm gonna like go buy the domain turn... name disasterdan.com <laughs> oh, if it exists that'd be so amazing um so the names is. the names rotate on a six-year basis according to dan and why is everyone starting to show their nipples what is going on with these cameras? <laughs> Guys, stop it. Um, so we've already had one named this year, Arlene. Uh, and so she came She came a little early and was before the season actually started. And so... We're gonna... Guys, I have bad news. I have bad news on the naming front. Uh, Beulah, the name Beulah was retired in 1967. Oh. Oh. Beulah... Beulah. Oh, that's that was thirty years ago today, I believe. What Beulah? No, um, Ferris Bueller. That's not. That's not been over going. thirty years. I thought it was thirty years. I, anyways, there's way been been way too many movie references and less hurricanes in this episode so far. Anyways, so we've got the names and they they alternate uh, male female. Dan, just so you know. So Arlene has already happened. The next one will be. Do you, know, do you know what year they started? Change, they changed from all women to all female names to alternating male female. 
1953. 1978. 1978. And they were later given names of women beginning in 1953. That's the facts I have. Right. No, that was contemplated but not adopted, which is why you're wrong. And then oh, so Rob has to the naming because they were thinking about using the NATO alphabet. <laughs> There's. I mean, I don't want to bore people and read verbatim what I have and start an argument. Listeners, listeners, uh, you need to decide your own facts. <laughs> we will give you all of the information at disasterdads.com. Just check out the show notes and uh, use the science and information to inform yourselves. Don't just listen to some talking heads on air. Yeah, I have one source. Dan has different sources. You know, we need to co- corroborate this a little better. I so. mean, it's almost like you guys used the internet or something and found different places for information. My source Are is you the sure National you don't work in the White House. Center. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure this out. Um, but so, anyways, Wait, Dan, you got you got Hurricane National Hurricane Center. Correct, sir. All right, go with that. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. I, I I'm using a. Uh, one of the sites from the aircraft squadrons, but still, well, listeners make your own choice. You make the call. And, Here, and with no, that beautiful no, little no, nugget, there, of- there is such a thing as facts. There is such a thing as facts. Here is why I said that. In 1953, the U.S. abandoned a confusing two-year-old plan to name storms by a phonetic alphabet: Abel, well, Baker, like, Charlie, etc. Well, there's your problem. A, a two-year-old should not be coming up with plans. Plan. Please stop talking about this. Let him finish. When a new international phonetic alphabet was introduced, which is the NATO alphabet, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, et cetera, et cetera. They went with all female names until 78 when they then made it male and female. Or to sum it up, as I said five minutes ago, I'm right. (laughs) Uh, That'll be the first post on (laughs) disasterdan.com. Yeah. I'm right. I'm right. That's also pretty much what uh, his children tell him all the time. I'm right. You're right. So it all goes together. <laughs> Mine's been doing it in a much louder tone lately, so I don't know. But uh, so back to hurricanes. So we wanted to, since it's hurricane season, all this information came out. There was an excellent opportunity provided by, uh, and um, Rob will go into more de- uh, detail here about um Kind of the hit, well, he's going to go into all of it. Anyways, the Hurricane Hunters were doing a traveling road show before the season really got started and uh, were able to stop in our local area. And um, Rob was able to uh, stop down and check it out. So um, he's going to share some information about the, the history and kind of the job titles and functions of what a, dis- uh, a, hurricane, a disaster hunter, no, what a hurricane <laughs> hunter is. And, um, you know, kind of uh, we're going to then hit him up with a bunch of questions and see whose facts are correct on all of this. So <laughs> be nice. Let's I know, be cool. I know. So uh, with that, I, uh, I look forward to hearing what Rob has to say. Thanks. I'm going to get pretty technical. Uh, my son, Kevin, and I, this was uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in preparation for the season. Uh, NOAA, National Oceanic. Ocean- 
good thing I don't work for these guys because I cannot say the names. National <laughs> Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. Um, these are the guys who run the National Weather Service and the National Hurricane Center. Um, they have a fleet of aircraft, and they work with a uh, aircraft Air Force Reserve Squadron uh, to basically go fly into storms and map out the hurricanes. Uh, so, yeah, as Eric said, they were doing a traveling roadshow up and down the East Coast, and uh, they stopped in the D.C. area at National Airport, um, had four aircraft, and, of course, I knew my son was going to lose his mind when he was able to run right up the airplanes and into them. Um, actually, I did too. Yes, we had the same. yes your son was going to lose his hard, mind. Yes. Yeah, it was hard to tell who, uh, who was more excited about this event. But anyway, um, NOAA had three of their aircraft there. Uh, the Air Force had one of their aircraft, and they were, you know, these guys were more than happy to tell you what they did, where they went, and um, the, the excitement and adrenaline they must have. Um, to, to get into the nitty-gritty of it, um, the uh, NOAA has two two aircraft. Uh, they're P-3, WP-3 Orions. Um, these, these planes have been around since, I believe, the 60s. Um, they were originally designed for submarine hunting. Uh, they'll fly out over the ocean and drop transponders out the back and hunt for submarines. Uh, they took that technology, put it into a weather plane, and uh, the P-3 Orion will is a four-engine propeller-driven airplane that will fly into the storm, through the clouds, through the eye wall, through the eye, and back out the other end. Uh, and they will do this in an average of a 10-hour flight. And they drop these transponders. And the best way to explain it is it's a giant paper towel roll with a parachute. So if you remember the technology <laughs> of the little army man with the parachute that you would throw off you know, out your window... That's what they use to track the to, to track the hurricanes. To, um, they to drop tie these, episodes they, together. Does it look like the stuff from our review of the Twister movie? What was in the uh, the can- canister for the tornadoes? Dorothy. Dorothy. Yes. Thank you. Right. Sure. No, they were using. No, they were using the little balls with the. Uh, as, uh, Noah didn't wasn't cutting wings out from Pepsi okay. cans that I'd seen it anywhere. Right. Um, they're these long cylinders with a parachute, and they literally just drop them out of shoot out the back of the plane and they'll drop anywhere from 10, 12, 15. It all varies on the size of the storm, what they want to, um, what they want to look at and how much information they want to gather. Um, what these transponders will pick up is the pressure, the humidity, the temperature, wind direction, speed, and give almost an x-ray, like a 2d internal, uh, picture of the storm. And then they pair that with the P3 has, two different radar Doppler um, mountings on it, one giant disc under the belly of the plane and one off the tail. Nice. And that'll measure vertical height and then horizontal. So they'll basically, they take these transponders, all that information, and they take the Doppler radar and they give you an MRI of the hurricane. That's how cool. big it is and where it's going. Uh, so that's the P3 and that flies through the storm. Can I, uh, the Air Force, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask another question? Did they reinforce the P3s to do this? Because you said they were they they retasked from their original you know job to hunt submarines. Did they like Under, reinforce rivets and stuff so they can handle the the pressure no, of a so, hurricane? No, so the the P3 in general, its initial when it first came out, when when Lockheed made it, it its original intent with the Navy was submarine hunting. Yeah. These are actual Lockheed made these. For NOAA, these two aircraft. Oh, oh um, so it's not just like a, a 
reused or recycled P3. Like it's no, specific, no, it's, it's it's on the P3 kind of frame, but it's been made specifically on, for this. Yeah, it's on the same frame, but it is. It, you know, Noah said, "Hey, while you're making those, can can we get to?" Not that um, I'd be able to tell the so, difference between a Hurricane Hunter or the other one, but yeah, you would. This is bright white, big blue tail says no on the side. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Doesn't have torpedoes. I walked. Yeah, I walked yeah. right into that one. So I'm going to head yeah. back to Isla Nublar and find right. myself a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so the the P3 will fly physically into the storm, literally into the storm, and gather all this information, um, process it, and they work in, in cooperation with the C-130s that the Air Force Reserve uses. Um, and the C-130, that frame, has been around since the late 50s, early 60s, and that plane will do everything and anything you make it. Uh, so the C-130 does pretty much the same mission. Uh, they use a little different equipment as far as um, radar and satellite hookups. They also use the, the transponders that they'll drop off the back um, to measure, again, pressure, humidity, and give you the x-ray of the storm. Um, they don't work too much with the Doppler radar, uh, but they'll use different type of satellite equipment and give you the same kind of MRI-style picture of a storm. Uh, the amazing thing is all this information that they collect is transmitted in real time back to the Hur National Hurricane Center uh, or the National Weather Service. So the public is pretty much seeing what the plane flew through minutes earlier. So the fact these planes are going on a crazy mission of flying into the storm of what you really don't want to fly a plane into. These guys are doing it. Um, it is amazing for forecasting and mapping and advanced notice of where a storm is going so uh, well in advance of landfall. So anybody, tell you how anybody can get it? Do you have to subscribe to get that information, like to be a researcher or something like that? No, it's, I mean, it's sent to the National Hurricane Center. National Hurricane Center throws it up on their website, and there you have it. It's tweeted out. It's Facebooked out. It's, it's off to the public in, in <laughs> a, a very short window. I love that it tweets. <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know, the Hurricane Center or Weather Service is doing. Um, so so those are the, the two planes. They're, those are the, the big beasts that they had at National Airport, and they were outside the hangar. Um, you could go in them and talk to the pilots, the crew of, of what they do. Um, with those two planes, NOAA also has a, a Gulfstream jet, and that will basically do laps kind of around the storm. Uh, and above the storm at a high altitude and also use the same technology to, again, map the MRI picture uh, of what the storm is doing. So there's a lot of aircraft that are doing a lot of a lot of jobs and a lot of different areas of the storm to, to send out all a wealth of good information to the public. How many how many people ride on the P3 when it's doing its thing? Um, the P3, they had two pilots, a navigator, and then depending on the mission, uh, it, it could be anywhere from eight to 12, um, to eight to 12 crew of wow. whatever the scientists were that they wanted. Um, give me one second. I'll actually have that for you. Um, the, the P3s, I, I like that they affectionately named them Kermit and Miss Piggy. And on the nose, they had artwork of the actual Muppets, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, properly yeah. licensed. Oh, of course. Why not? Um, yeah, two pilots, flight engineer, navigator, flight director is usually meteorologist, um, two to three engineering and electronic specialist, uh, and up to 12 scientists, all depending on what the mission is. Yeah. So the P3 is holding, I mean, that's 
there, there's a good sized crowd in that plane, and it'll they'll fit them. Uh, contrary to that, the C-130, you're looking at five people. There's a there's two pilots and a navigator, uh, and the two weather specialists and, and the loadmasters in the back. So, I mean, that's it. The the C-130 was much more bare bones with the technology they had, but I mean, it was still top rate, te- you know, uh, technology platforms yeah. that they were using to gather the information. Um, it's it's so. worth mentioning that the Gulf Stream's nickname is Gonzo. Yes, I was going to get to that one next. <laughs> oh, damn it! Sorry, <sighs> ruined your no. great buildup. That's all right. I, I got now. Here you go. The here's the engineer giving you guys a trivia question. Uh, the P three and the C one thirty propeller driven aircraft go through the storm. Uh, the Gulf Stream stays around and above. Why do they do that? Why don't they just send the Gulf Stream through? Probably has something to do with air flowing through the jet engine. Exactly. You, you ingest too much water into a jet engine, you're not flying anymore. So they use the propeller-driven planes. Technically turboprop, right? Oh. It is a turboprop <laughs> engine, which drives oh. the propeller on the front. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if talk about would, getting technical. If this would have been Step one of our Disaster down. Dad text streams, this would have been full of gifts right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot more curse words. <laughs> that's interesting i hadn't really thought about that that makes sense yeah and uh the p3s they fly the the NOAA planes fly out of uh, tampa florida out of air force base there and the c-130s are out of mississippi so given that that's where most of the storms are heading they're at easy access for it yeah Um, they don't uh, do they have any based in uh on the west coast out of hawaii or anything no track those storms all, all out of tampa and um than Mississippi, but I mean, but they'll fly in, you know, their, their big time is now their, their season is now that they're doing the Atlantic hurricanes, you know, in, in the downtime outside of hurricane season, they're doing science experiments and mm. weather experiments all over the, all over the world. So, I mean, they'll, they'll fly where they want, where they're needed. Uh, but their primary mission is, uh, the hurricanes in this season. Uh, do they have no. a do they have a limit on the number of hurricanes each one can fly through in a season just for like maintenance issues, safety issues, something like that, like or amount of amount of maintenance that has to be done in between rotations? I, I mean, as long, from when I talk to pots, as long as the planes as long as the planes are ready and they're up and they're ready to go, they're flying through them. Uh, the, NOAA has the two P threes, and the Air Force has ten, so there's a total of twelve planes that are flying through, and they they map just about every storm so there, there's there's a good rotation that they'll go through um and like i said each each plane will do a, an average of a 10-hour mission that's awesome through the storm yeah are the air forces are their planes based in the same places in mississippi and florida or the, the NOAA planes are in florida yeah. and all of the the 10 air force planes are uh at keesler air force base in mississippi oh, okay so, so Noah's all together, the Air Force is all together, but I get it, I get it. At the two different bases, yeah. Um, That's cool. And then, yeah, and then there's a host of other smaller planes that Noah will fly, and they'll do coastal mapping. Um, they have a small. The other two, they had the Gulf Stream there, and they had a smaller uh, Beechcraft, uh, very small propeller-driven plane. It's usually, it's a crew of two to four, um, and what they'll do is coastal mapping for various experiments and weather uh gathering weather information gathering uh but then they'll also do um the the post-disaster surveying basically uh the, mm. the beachcraft had pictures of 
Um, you know, New Jersey, New York after Sandy. Uh, and those pictures are amazing. They fly low altitude, amazing, amazing resolution pictures that they're picking up uh, to do to do post-incident surveying. Awesome. Did they talk to you about how, how rough the ride is going through the eye of a hurricane? Um, through, through the eye? That, that was the trick question that someone else asked. <laughs> through the eye of the hurricane, it is smooth sailing. Once you hit the eye wall, that's where you're back into some slop. <laughs> Let's let's talk some more about where, the rough ride. Where do you bury the survivors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Frank. You, but for all of our podcast listeners, doesn't Frank sound amazing tonight? We're getting less beard on his uh, on his uh, end of the episode. Yeah, sorry the the beard uh, beard used up all its royalties and on cameo, so we're, we're done <laughs> done with that one. You fired it. Uh, so. But uh, no, to answer Frank's question, did they talk about are there special tactics to go through the eye wall or not? Or are they just, you just fly as fast as you can? and you just, I, it, It's basically it fly as safe as you can. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they, they do try, they will vary through the storm to try and find a little less turbulence in some spots than others. Um, but yeah, going in and out of the eye wall is, they said, was the, the most um, the most exciting uh, but these guys, it's funny, these guys are trained to do exactly what you're not supposed to do with a plane. Um, it is a, a pretty extensive uh, uh, training program to get into this bid. Uh, first, you, know, you got if you're if you have no flight experience, you uh, one of the Air Force pilots I was talking to, it's basically you go through flight school and learn how to fly a plane. Then you go to school for, I believe it was almost a year and a day. Uh, to learn how to fly the C-130. Then you go to the Hurricane Hunters and you spend a year learning how to fly that plane in those conditions. Uh, and then it's about a three and a half year process before you're signed off and, and ready to fly on your own. So It sounds like it could be fun. Yeah. And I think I talked to a NOAA pilot to see what they what their training is like, but I'm, I'm sure it's pretty similar of, Go to flight school, learn to fly the P3, then you specifically fly this one um, into some crazy conditions. So um, I credit them for what they do. The, the information that they are gathering as they're doing some wild plane rides is beneficial to no end from what I see. So the little tubes that they drop on the parachutes, do they recover those at the end or once they're out, they're kind of gone? Once they're out, they're gone. In fact, in all the tech uh, literature I was looking through, they are actually marked as expendables. So once they're out, they're gone. They are not bringing those back. Uh, are they biodegradable? I'm just thinking of the dolphins here. I, yeah, I have no idea. God. So um, All that science. It's, worth, it's worth a question worth looking into. All that science, and then we're killing the fish at the same time. It's a, it's a good thing we didn't send Eric to the meet and greet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking the hard-hitting questions here. Uh, yeah, I, I just know they're expendable, and I mean, maybe they end up being bases for you know some coral reefs or oh, you know, see? There. fish houses. So the positive sides of things, Dan. Yeah. Little uh-huh. tiny coral reef homes being tossed out there, <laughs> hermit crab villages. Who knows? There's a giant. Doing. There's a giant hermit crab walking around one of these big cylinders on his back. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Oh, it's, I know. So, who was talking about Moana today? The giant crab in Moana. That was you, Dan. Yeah. You're welcome. 
<laughs> now you can't get that out of your head. No. It sticks. It sticks so, so bad. Right. Um, I but, think there might be, there's going to be a thousand hermit crabs walking around this year with uh, these things on their back because that's how right. many the Air Force drops in a year in a hurricane season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the history, Noah's been doing this since. I think the 70s, um, but the Air Force has been doing it well um, right around World War II. They started around 1944. Uh, they first started using the, the B-17 Flying Fortress. Um, yeah, if you've seen the movie Memphis Bell, they were using that flying through hurricanes. Um, Could you imagine seeing that, that flying through a hurricane and seeing yeah. like the tail gun port or in the front? Well, and the cr- Dude, like and all dude these- the crew compartment is open air. <laughs> yeah, all the the planes they were using up until the '60s when the C-130 came in were all depressurized. So the crew is getting just soaked with rainwater, just pelted as they fly through. So, I mean, from the sounds of the C-130 guys, it was exciting. I I can't imagine what flying a, a B-29 or a B-17 through these things were. Um, well, B-29 and, was pressurized, so those guys were okay. You're right. That's right. So but still, um, still pretty wild to do that. <laughs> I don't know that they um, needed a tail gunner on the B-17 for a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. But no, but it was, it, it would have been an open air. You could lay it on, lay it on your belly back there and watch it as you went through. Yeah. You okay. could have. You could have. Sure. I mean, I'm just saying I didn't actually do it. I, I, yeah. I, I don't have. know what, I don't know what kind of technology they were using then when they were flying through hurricanes other than. You know the simple radars they had. If that, I was gonna say um, there's probably no live streaming of anything back to the uh, mainland. Right. That one. Um, but but the funny thing is now all of this hurricane hunting. Um, it started in the middle of World War II, like I said, um, when Colonel Joe Duckworth took a AT-6 Texan training aircraft and flew it through a hurricane on a dare. That's some of the that's, best that's stuff. Dare. Yeah, that's some of the best stuff out there. So all of all of this started on a dare. That was my when I read that. That was my favorite. I was like, we we have to do this. We have to. We got to talk about this. I mean, dares are what got the world to go around. Yeah. So I'm assuming. I read a story about a dare. Some guy uh, got drunk and on a dare, like stole a plane and landed it in the middle of New York City. What size plane and where? Tiny. I'd have to look didn't it up start, again. Didn't we start this podcast on a dare? Kind of, yeah. Kind of. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, yeah you guys still going strong. It's either this or seven minutes <laughs> of heaven debatable. in the closet. So, you know, that's that's right debatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Dan. You know you love it. What was it? One episode? This is keeping us healthy because we're getting together and having all this camaraderie all right i'm mocking each other that we're not talking about space weather yeah Ooh. could there be a spacex version of this down in the future to like check out space weather we're gonna launch Probably. something to go into the sun we can do some stuff that way no that's it. definitely gonna be expendable Noah, if you're listening let us know if you're doing a uh space weather version uh <laughs> we'd like to get in on that I'm sure uh, contact Dan. He's our business manager, and I'm yeah. sure we can get some sort of sponsorship going for that. Why does this sound like a bad sci-fi movie, Space Weather Hunters or something? 
And I, or was that pl- was that Plan Nine from Outer Space? Was it now? I haven't seen that one. It's got to be out there. <laughs> Dan would know. He knows all the bad movies. I'm trying to just get you engaged. I'm getting like these horrible death stares from you over Skype. Oh, I'm 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 sorry. He's checked out. He's he's watching the baseball game. <laughs> I mean, we say space weather, and he was gone. <laughs> At I least he didn't hang up on us. I can't be. Well, no, yeah. I no, I was. I that's not true. I was gone when he started talking about the the guy who did it on a dare during World War Two. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I thought that was a good nugget. That was a good nugget. Yeah. Wow. I just had a flash to Rob on a road trip with his wife and kids being like, come on, guys, world's biggest ball of twine. It's going to be fun, right? We got to check it out. Oh, my wife already has those places mapped out. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one that wants to go to those. Isn't there a Denny's placemat that has all that kind of stuff on there? Who brought this to the Disaster Dads Memorial Day uh, shindig? Is that you, Eric? Yeah. This is solid. That's good. Uh, Oarsman Ale, for those that are curious. Yeah. We had... There you go. There you go. Strong, is there any Oberon left? Uh, no. Maybe? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I was cheap. So. I only bought four of them. Oh, then definitely not. Yeah. I think I drank three. We totally. We've... We should have gotten a group picture of the kids at the Memorial Day <laughs> thing. I discovered that my kid, whenever you put a camera in front of her now, unless she's taking the picture, she refuses to get in it. Um, it's it's very So this weekend, uh, again, on a dare, essentially, for work, I went and did a 5K with my coworkers. And some of us brought our kids. And mine was totally into it until you had to get a picture taken or you actually had to go start the 5k so uh she did about three quarters of a mile and then i put her in the pack and carried her the rest of the way uh for those listening that don't know disaster eric does not do exercise in general so <laughs> so a 5k as a, with, as a rule as a rule as a, so a 5k with my 38 uh, 38 pound kid on my back 38 a, you almost said 38 year old, year old. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm gonna have to try this when she's 38. See if I can. I will not be able to carry her on my back. Pretty sure she's gonna be turning me over to change my diapers. If you can do a 5k in 34 years. <laughs> that's gonna be pretty impressive. That'll be my I pl- goal. Now. I plan to do those. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I didn't say I ran this 5k. I mean, I discovered that we, I actually don't own running shoes. We figured that shoes. one out ahead of this. Yeah, thank you. I figured, I I found out I actually don't own running shoes, so I ended up just having to do it in hiking boots. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you, you wait? You did a 5K in hiking boots with 38 pounds on your back? Uh, well, you don't the, own yeah. the, the pack is, itself is, the pack is about 8 pounds. Rock? Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of like, yeah. So, no, they weren't actually full-on hiking boots, but they're like the Merrill-like hiker boots that's the closest thing i had i have dress shoes and those you don't you have sneakers? no sneakers no none i know i was a little disappointed in myself as well See, we need to take up a collection by the man a pair of sneakers <laughs> I, sh- I mean that means then i'm gonna have to work out listeners kind of my listeners <laughs> take up a collection <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start saving all of our bottle taps or bottle uh 
tops and I'll buy a pair of shoes with that. Have our business manager get on that right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll put that right on the list. <laughs> Maybe we can get a shoe sponsor. See if we can get Salkany to, to sponsor the show. Can we do that? Eric, you'll like their sneakers. Uh, if we get a footwear, well. Look, yes. I'm, I'm hawking for free running shoes. Just to, we'll look into it. To, to, per, to put this in full perspective for the dads, the last time I really owned a pair of running shoes, Robin's wife sold them to me in Falls Church. Nice. When she was working at the running store. That's how long ago that was. She moved away 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. So I have not owned a real <laughs> pair of running shoes since then. So, yeah. Nice. How about those hurricanes, fellas? Anyways, yeah. yeah. Distraction. I'm running away from hurricanes, <laughs> but I have no shoes. Just flip-flops. It's like I'm living in Florida. Florida man. Anyways, um, cool. No, So how did uh, how did Kevin like it, Rob? Kevin liked it. As soon as we walked in, planes parked in front of you, I was like, which one do you want to see? And he's like, that one? That And he listed off. He wanted to go in all of them. Uh, lines were long for one or two of them. So uh, we did what we could, but he, he had a ball. We were there for close to two hours. Nice. Um, probably just shy of two hours, walking around, looking at everything, taking pictures. Uh, you walk out of the hangar, and you're pretty much right on the uh, side of the tarmac, the taxiway, where all the um, corporate jets and charter flights are. So there were some going in there. There's some Coast Guard helicopters that were coming in and out. So uh, aside from the, you know, the four planes that were the highlight of the show, there was also all the traffic out on the operating airport that we were able to, to watch for from a totally different perspective. So he was enjoying that. Um, but, but he did well, he, he enjoyed it. Lots of walking around. Um, we'll do it again when they come around. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for listeners, they advertise, I mean, we, we got notice of it about a month out. I think, uh, emails started being sent from Noah and they started putting out that they're going to be doing a tour. Should, uh, should everything line up um so you can keep an eye out i think visit uh, just noah.com and sign up uh, for some of their alerts just random stuff and they'll add this into it as well or follow them on the twitters yeah and i found that um just by following the national weather service on twitter or just checking their website checking the weather uh they had some ad and banners up on that um the best part of it was free to get in you know you had to pay for parking at the airport um so yeah that's your admission price uh, I was fine with that. It wasn't that we weren't there that long to rake up a big, you know, parking bill. Yeah. Uh, we were in economy parking too. So it was, it was in it. It was worth it. That's awesome. Cool. So, yeah. Those are the kind of fun adventures so. that you want to go do. And, uh, hopefully your kid remembers it later down the road because I mean, I know you'll remember it. Um, yeah. And you'll have to, you know, take him back and then take him with his sister, see how she likes it all. And yeah. Just maybe uh, do it. The, the, the tricky part from uh, the planning on the, the dad perspective, it was definitely a game day decision on when we go because it was in the afternoon at a weird time window of like between two and five uh, or one and five, something like that. Um, so he was finishing up with uh, his preschool class at two. And I was like, all right, I'll pick him up and we'll gauge the mood, see how he's doing. And we'll go from there. Either we're going to head to the airport or, or we're going to chill out and head home and we're not going to mention anything. It was definitely came as a surprise to him. Um, so, you know, he had a good day too. He's like, Hey, it was having fun. We were doing our science experiments. Um, at once a week of the school, they do a, a STEM steam workshop that he stayed for. So he was enjoying that. So walking down the hall, I was like, 
how you feeling? This, that, and the other. You want to go on an adventure? And he was like, yeah, where are we going? I told him, we're heading to the airport. And just, you know, he just lit up. They didn't care why we were going. I just said, we're going to go to the airport and look at planes. And he was he was ready to go. And once we walked into the hangar and he was able to walk up to him and talk to the pilots, and he was he was on another planet. He That's was so cool. He was loving it. So, so I know what STEM is. What's STEM STEAM? STEAM is uh, art, science, technology, education, uh, engineering, art, math. Yeah. Uh, it, it, STEM, STEM just evolved into STEAM. Yeah. So. Okay. I, yeah. Is this is this recent? How did I miss this? Yeah, it's a recent. Huh. The last right. couple of years, a lot of school programs will do it. That's cool. So, so I figured it worked with the day. He was having his science class, and we'll go go do some science stuff and airplanes, and have fun. Did you say, Kevin? We're gonna go science the shit out of this afternoon. No. I no. He he told me we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't fault him because. He's right. Right. So. So oh, cool. yeah. So that was our day. It was. It was from from a disaster perspective. It was good prep and it was a, it was a good one on one day with, with with my son. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you were able to do it, and I'm appreciative that you were able to share your day with the audience and our listeners. That's pretty cool. Um, More than happy. Uh, so so uh, we'll have some information on the Hurricane Hunters and some of their. Uh, activities and the different um, planes and stuff they'll be on the website disasterdads.com some information uh, on tracking them and and keeping up with their activities and if you're you know they travel the um, mostly the east coast i think to do these visits so um you know keep your you know eyes and ears out um for early before june of next year to see them if you want to go visit and um also since it is hurricane season check out the stuff uh on um, ready.com uh, ready.gov or at the National Weather Service, uh, NOAA.gov, whatever it is, to make sure you got your hurricane kit prepped if you're in the in those areas. Um, you know, always be prepared and be ready uh, and get that bag packed to go. Um, so that's what I'm we sorry. Well, well, I'm sorry, Eric. Well, get the what pack to go? You got to get your bag packed to go. Your bag? <laughs> yeah, your bag. Hey, the bag. The bag. Get your bag packed to go. Yeah, the bag. God, you guys are the only ones that pick up on. God. And, and I'm from a part of the country where newscasters come from, so come on now. <laughs> this is newscasters, just, newscasters, and uh, uh, vigilante freemen. So you know, it's right. it's the heart of America there. I I'm, I think we we need to go back and see what our streak is for every uh, consecutive episodes where Dan gives Eric a hard time about his big. I'm uh, pretty sure it's 20. I think it's 22. Is, is it, could be, it could be up there. <laughs> it's probably the same number that we uh, make fun of Joe for uh, either not being online or paying attention to what we're doing. Yeah. And or try to get Dan to smile. <laughs> that streak is up there. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't hear you over Frank's beard. There we go. We've got it all together. We've got. Uh, we rounded it up. We fit we every cliche. It, we wrapped we this wrapped all this together up like a bow. <laughs> so from with a bow. From from all the dads, we want to say, have a happy hurricane season. No. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Do have a happy happy one. happy hurricane season. Be prepared. Be ready for it. Make sure you're uh, up on your informational gathering devices uh, to get all that you can. And uh, with that, we panic so you don't have to. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye.